This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Well, hey, hey, listener, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. And today I'm taking you back in time and pulling an episode out of my archives because it was such an important conversation. And I want to make sure that you don't miss this, especially if you're one of my listeners who is making the decision to join Weight Loss From Within. Now, this lady's name is Allison Taylor, and she shares in this episode her journey through Weight Loss From Within and how she went from wanting to be thinner, prettier, smarter, and never feeling good enough to feeling more than good enough. And she was constantly in a state of overwhelm, people-pleasing, and perfectionism. And now she knows how to make herself a priority in her life. She's learned how to slow down, and she now makes caring for her physical and emotional well-being a priority. Her story is so incredibly inspiring because she's a mom of two. She's like so many of you listening to this podcast and to see where she is now from where she was is just absolutely mind-blowing. Now, what I want you to know is Allison is actually going to be inside this round of weight loss from within, not as a participant, although she always goes through the content, but to help out as a community manager. So you are going to be able to gain some of her perspectives and insights. She's going to be there along with the rest of my team, really making sure that you are supported every step of the way as we unpack the stories that are holding you back from creating the results you want in your life. Now, you've probably already realized that weight loss from within really has nothing to do with losing physical weight. It has everything to do with losing the internal weight you are carrying, the stories and beliefs and perspectives about your body, about food, about the other relationships in your life that will help you release those behaviors attached to those stories so that you can achieve the results that you want. Physical transformation follows the internal transformation. So this is why so many people struggle to get the results they want because they're trying to fix the symptom, which would be weight, instead of looking at the actual problem under the surface. And that's what Weight Loss From Within has been designed to do. It's a program that will take you on a self-discovery and self-love journey. So we even have many women in the program who are not struggling with their weight, but they've been struggling to love and accept their body. So if that is you, if you have spent your entire life feeling disconnected from your body, like your body is letting you down, 
and just wondering, like, how do you love and accept something that you don't want to love or accept? This is the program for you. And doors are closing. So you don't want to wait. You want to make sure that you head over there today and sign up. It's lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WFW live. And the next six weeks, I promise you, just like Allison transformed her life, you will not be the same woman on the other side of this program. So without further ado, here is the Encore episode with Allison Taylor and enjoy, and I will see you inside Weight Loss From Within. Hey, hey, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your hostess, Lisa Carpenter, Master Coach and Emotional Fluency Expert. And today, I'm so excited because I always get super excited when I have guests on because I don't bring guests on that often. And I get even more excited when one of those guests is one of my favorite people. And it's usually, that means that they've been a client, previous client, or current client. And today, that lady is Al, or just Al, because she that's what she's just Al, Allison Taylor, who is in Australia, which I love. And I'm still a little bit heartbroken that I won't be coming there this year because that was the plan, but your borders are closed. Our borders are closed. COVID life. But she was kind enough to jump on a call with me to talk about how she came into my world and specifically around her journey through weight loss from within. Because if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know that we're going to be, we've opened up the wait list for weight loss from within. Uh, And we'll be opening up registration in the coming months. So I thought it was a perfect time to bring her on and have her share her story because it is profound who she was when she started and who she became through the 30-day process, which we're actually extending it now. We're going to make it six over six weeks instead of a back-to-back 30 days. But Al, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait for everybody to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel incredibly humbled. I've been listening to your podcast since your very first episode. So, and hearing the amazing women that have been on there and just all the stuff that you talk about. So I feel very lucky at the moment to be sitting here talking to you. Well, how amazing because, you know, before we went live, I was telling Al about how I had listened to a message that she had left me. And it was about her really expressing how it felt to stand shoulder to shoulder and feel equal to the women that she was standing shoulder to shoulder with, including me. And I'm the first person to say, do not put me on a pedestal. I am exactly the same as all of you, just maybe a few steps ahead. So here you are now on the podcast that you've been listening to for so long. It's so cool. And and your story now is going to impact other women who are listening for who knows how long. So tell me about, because this is the thing that I think is so funny. Al's like, I remember when I first heard you was November of 2018. I'm like, I can't even remember my kids' birthdays. And you remember when you first heard me. So tell the listeners how our relationship unfolded here. Well, it kind of just signifies the profound effect that you've had on me, really. The fact that I remember the month, and I actually remember where I was. I was driving in my car 
which is crazy. So I got an alert on my phone. It was a Facebook alert because I had my notifications on back then. And it said that you were being interviewed in an online community that I was part of. So because I was driving and I was driving at a distance, I kind of enabled it and started to listen. I ended up pulling over in the car because everything you were saying was resonating with me, but it was also making me feel incredibly uncomfortable at the same time. And I think I may have sat in the car and cried for about 10 minutes. And you were just talking about loving yourself and, you know, what you love, you take care of. And it was a lot around weight loss, but there was so much more that was there. So that was kind of the start of my trail towards you. So after that, I think I went on a bit of a Lisa Carpenter scavenger hunt and I tried to find as much about you as I could. Other interviews that you had done, I went onto your website, I downloaded the Eat book, started digesting all of that. Then it was in the January that I think your first podcast episode came out or in and around then. So I was very much the person getting the notifications every week, listening to every episode. And I was sitting at home one day on a weekend And I got this overwhelming sense that I needed to send you an email. And I drafted this email. But what was interesting is I'm the person that drafts the email, then I read it 50 times before I press send. (laughs) And I drafted an email and I just sent it. And to be honest with you, I never expected you to respond. Knowing you now, I know that you would definitely would have responded to me. But back then, I kind of thought I'd get an automated response, an admin response, And you wrote back to me the most compassionate, welcoming email I think I've ever received in my life. And again, it just opened up more emotions for me. And that was then kind of the tipping point. I think from there, I had a one-to-one intensive, a one-to-one transformational call with you. I then jumped into weight loss from within. From there, I went into an intensive container with you and I think six other amazing women And then I bookended it again with another round of weight loss from within. So managed to sort of stay in your orbit for almost or over 12 months now, sort of 18 months. And yeah, it's just been such a profound journey of waking up and just realizing what I'm capable of. It's been crazy. (laughs) I love that story so much because I often tell the story of when I heard my mentor, my current mentor, Jim Forden. I literally remember where I was and I stopped dead in my tracks. So when you tell that story about me, I'm like, what? That That's crazy. And then I think, wait a minute, Lisa, like you've had that exact experience over, with somebody mm-hmm. else. And it really just is this like energetic resonance where you know, this is somebody I need to know more and I need to listen. And it's so, you know, I'm so humbled that I got to be that guide for you because you've had such a profound transformation from who you were when you kind of stepped into my sphere versus who you've become. So you're the mom. First, I want to say you're a mom of two beautiful daughters. And when we first talked, it was kind of, you were, had lost yourself a little bit to being a mom and managing your girls. Yeah, absolutely. So my girls are five and seven at the moment. My husband and I've been together for 19 and a half years. And when I first, as I say, when I first came across you, and especially when I stepped into weight loss from within, I operated every single day in a place of overwhelm. I had no idea that I was an overachieving 
people-pleasing perfectionist. That never, (laughs) never entered my mind. I spent most days I would wake up and I would almost long for the evening when everyone would go to bed so that I could be by myself. And I look back at that now and it's kind of I look back with almost sadness because I just never realised how challenging that was for me then. You know, it was always stressed, always tired and exhausted. I was resentful. I was felt like I was juggling all the balls. I was doing it all by myself. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself with food or movement or rest, play, all the pillars that you talk about. But I had also no idea that I enabled that life and that, I wasn't taking responsibility for my life. That was something that was totally under a cloud until you lift that very gently (laughs) away from me so I could see it. (laughs) Most people don't recognize that they've created this story of being a victim of their lives. And, you know, every single client that I've ever worked with, there's in such denial that they're like high achievers right? They're in such yeah. denial of that. And they're also big hiders. My Very people, we, we, we just, we just discovered this. My people really like to hide. They hide in big groups. They take programs where they, you know, they aren't really seen. They can kind of do the work secretly in the background and they really drown in this story of being overwhelmed and taking care of everybody but themselves and working really hard at making sure that everybody likes them, which is where the people pleasing comes from. So you had also talked about really feeling like you were longing for something different. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? I think it was almost when you talk about, you know, thriving instead of surviving, I felt like my days, I was just surviving every single day. And Losing your identity. So, you know, they talk, I think there's the phrase, you're somebody's wife, somebody's daughter, somebody's mother. And I'd heard so many women talk about how when you become a mother that they found their purpose in life. And I was so confused why I didn't feel like that. I absolutely adore my daughters and I love them, but I felt like I just got lost in what everyone else expected me to be, how I was supposed to turn up. And I didn't really have any idea what I wanted, but what was so interesting about jumping into that program for me, at that very point in time, all I wanted to do was lose weight. I felt so uncomfortable in my body. It's just weight. Like if I could just lose 10 kilos, 15 kilos, then everything else would iron out, make sense. The relationships would work. The happiness would increase. The energy would be there. I'd engage with my children better because I'd wanted to be present. And not understanding that the number on the scale has absolutely no impact or bearing on all of those elements that, you know, my entire environment. But for me, it was that number on scale. And obviously, that's where I started at Weight Loss From Within. And the better part of six months later, realized that that's got absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. And this is what Weight Loss From Within is all about. And this is why I designed this program is because so many women are chasing the result, right? The outcome, because when we have that outcome, it's that when, then, when I lose the weight, then I'll have joy in my life. Then I'll feel good in my skin. Then my relationships will thrive. Then I'll be a better mom. Then I'll have more time for myself, which is story, 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 because it's never going to happen. Weight loss from within is all about 
helping my clients understand that it's not about the external validation or the external achievement that is going to make them feel the way they want to feel. It's we get to choose in every moment of every day how we want to feel about ourselves. But most of the women that I've worked with have never thought about, well, what kind of relationship am I having with myself? What kind of relationship am I having with my body? Their body is an afterthought. It's a nuisance. (laughs) They don't like how it looks. They don't like how clothes look on it. All these kind of stories. So talk about what that 30-day journey was like for you. I remember, I think it was in the first couple of days, it was, there was a question around how you see your body. And I remember feeling really awkward and sitting there with my journal. And the first words I wrote were, I hate it. And I thought, okay, if I'm being honest and that's what she's asking me to do, I'm going to write exactly what I feel. And it was just 100% negative that went through there. And I can see now why I was at that place. But there was no partnering with my body. I wanted it to do things and, as you say, we'd get frustrated if it didn't do it. You know, in my mind I was doing all the right things, you know, with food or exercise and wasn't losing the weight and was coming at it from a place of fear and resentment and anger, not love and compassion and kindness or grace. And that constant state of stress that I think my body actually sat in, it was like I'd been electrocuted and I'd never calmed down. You know, I just stayed always wound up, always overwhelmed, and I just didn't appreciate how much my body had done. You know, didn't appreciate the two children that it grew and brought into this world, had no compassion for it. You know, I'm 42 now and just kept pushing and hustling and wanting it to give me more without ever returning that love towards it, if that makes sense. You know, I wasn't putting food in my body to take care of it. I wasn't moving my body just because I'm able to. I was moving it to obtain an outcome, as you say, a result. So I just always had this negative cloud around how I was treating myself. And it wasn't until I went through those prompts every single day and I noticed my language would shift. So from day one to day 30, the level of compassion, I certainly wasn't at a place of 100% love at the end of 30 days. But I definitely shifted to this place of compassion and all of a sudden I started to realise that I was just as important in my own life as everyone else was to me, which that was a foreign concept. had no idea that I could be the most important person to myself or have myself as a priority in my life and take time to put food in my body that's good for it and say to my husband, I'm going to go for a walk today because that's what I need. You know, I was the person that tried to exercise at five o'clock in the morning before the girls woke up, before it interrupted anyone else's life. Mm. And now that's something where it's part of my non-negotiables of what I need every day, which is amazing. I I love that. You know, I talk about our relationships with our bodies are like the ultimate codependent relationship. We want our bodies to perform and do all these things, yet we're constantly, while one, obsessing over it. That's all my people think about is why aren't their bodies looking a certain way or doing certain things or their bodies letting them down. Yet at the same time, I flip it around and say, your body's not letting you down. You've been letting your body down because how do you expect your body to thrive when you're constantly like beating the crap out of it? with all the negative self-talk. And most women 
don't realize all the things that they're telling themselves about their body. So when you said that you realized that you really hated your body, what was that like for you when you wrote that down for the first time? I think there was a lot of shame around it because for me, I would have these mirror of these two small children being girls and be thinking to myself, I'm not modeling, you know, who I want them to be or or giving them a good representation of what they can be if they take care of themselves. And the fact that, you know, in our house, you know, we don't say things like diet or even fat, you know, you're fit and you're healthy or, you know, you're weak and you're unhealthy. And we try and change the use of language But for me, in the background, I was the person that was emotional eating when they weren't looking. I would sabotage. If, you know, I hadn't lost the weight quick enough, then I'd go off on a binge. And it was like this duality. There was a person that I was showing up to them with, and then there was a person who was behind the scenes. So I think writing that journaling program for me was kind of an emotional dump onto the page of actually looking at myself in the mirror in a way and seeing the behaviors that I had, which at the time I had no idea how to stop, you know, those habits. I couldn't see kind of the way of changing the way I had always been, but I was just, I was not proud of myself at the same time. And it was kind of quite heartbreaking to go through that process, but so necessary because that started to shift all the stuff in the background, which then allowed me to see kind of the different avenues and the different lenses that I needed to look through when I looked at myself in the mirror, which was a big one for me. Yes. We can't create transformation without first creating awareness. And so often we live in this place of self-deception and we think that we're working things through, through by being in our heads about them, but we're not actually. We just put things on loops. So with this program, it's all about getting whatever is in your head, whatever you're thinking down on paper so that you can see it in front of you. So we can create a deeper level of awareness. And then from that awareness, we can start saying, okay, well, what are we making this mean and how can we shift it? And it's about creating then the new ways that you want to be, the new ways that you want to see yourself. And what I hear you saying is, and I hear this a lot. So if you're listening, thinking, oh my God, that's me. We want to raise our children to feel good about themselves, right? And we're telling them eat healthy and do this and do that, but we're completely out of integrity. So energetically, we're out of alignment and your kids, they will read your energy more than anything. You can say whatever you want till you're blue in the face. But unless you're modeling it, they're going to pick up on the discrepancy. So if you're telling your sons and daughters that they need to love and respect themselves and take care of themselves, but you're not showing up for yourself in that same way, they're going to look at themselves. Their little brains are trying to interpret what is happening. And they're looking at their mom, who they love, thinking, well, how come I'm allowed to love and take care of myself? And I'm supposed to eat healthy. But my mom, who I think is like amazing, because when you're little, your mom is like everything. She's not doing that. So she's this amazing being who's not doing that. What makes me better than her? So this is all going on on a subconscious level. And this is why these patterns keep perpetuating with women around martyrdom, not taking care of ourselves, right? Wanting to do better, but then feeling so much shame behind the scenes because 
we're not really showing up for ourselves in the way that we're showing up for the people that we love. So talk a little bit. I would love if you would share kind of some of the new rituals and routines in your household with your girls, because we had to talk about boundaries with them, getting them on board and they're young. So tell everybody how much things have changed in your house with your daughters. Well, I remember when it was that idea that I could actually create space while they were awake, which in my mind doesn't exist with more children, do everything outside of hours when they're asleep or at nap time. And obviously my girls are that little bit older now, but I started, it would be months ago now where I'd get my mat out first thing in the morning and I might move my body, I might journal And my girls, because I enable it, come out and it's, mom, I want this, I want that. And I would always stop what I was doing. And I started just going, no, no, mommy's doing this right now. So you can choose to sit next to me or you can choose to go and play or whatever it was. And what was interesting is the first few times when I was either trying to journal or trying to meditate or trying to move my body, my youngest especially would interrupt me every 10 seconds, five seconds, two seconds, constantly interrupt me. But over the course of months, she would come out and see me on the mat and she would just go and get her toys and then come sit next to me. Sometimes she would join in. My eldest would go and get a notebook and start writing her own little short stories. So all of a sudden I set this boundary, which, you know, it didn't happen instantly. It wasn't this thing of like me saying, girls, you need to give me time. And they just picked up on it because their mum had been a certain way for their entire life. And now I was changing the routine, but over time they got used to that. This is what I do. And now we're at a point where I still choose to get up now early in the morning. So I get up between five and five 30 because I love the quiet in the house. I love being by myself and my girls know that if they wake and I'm exercising, they have to go back to bed. And when I'm done, I will go and tell them that I'm done and then they can come out And this morning was a perfect example. My youngest walked out and she kind of looked at me all bleary-eyed and sort of said, morning, mum, walked past me, went to the bathroom, came back past me, went, I'm going back to bed now and took herself back to bed. And I got to finish my routine. I did eight minutes of self-hypnosis. And then I kind of popped my head in and said, oh, you can, you know, if you want to come out now, you can. But they just, they've adapted to it. And they know that when the mat's there, this is mummy's space. And they're, you know, as I say, they're moving themselves, they're journaling themselves, they're they're just modeling, as you say, all that mirror that they're giving me, which is amazing. I love that. Because that's part of what comes out through weight loss from within. We get into boundaries and where we're giving away our energy because we have to bring it back to, well, if you're telling yourself you don't have time to take care of yourself and you're not making yourself a priority, why is that? Because like I said in that first interview, you heard things we love, we take care of. It shouldn't be hard. It's not complicated. It's not hard to love our children. So why is it so hard to love and take care of ourselves? So I really love that that came out of you during the um, course of the program. What else did you leave behind in that program? I think the hustling for me, that overwhelm. I remember when you spoke about slowing down. And my idea of slowing down was to get as much of the things that I needed to get done in a shorter amount of time. (laughs) So then I would have more time to sit on the couch and have a cup of tea or read a book. 
And I didn't realise that slowing down actually meant letting go of the tasks, of the to-do list, of all the things. And maybe the washing basket, which today is about on day three and still hasn't been put away and nobody's died and it's totally okay. You know, I would be resentful towards my husband for not helping me, yet I never actually articulated or asked him or said how you could possibly help me in this moment. I just expected him to pick up on that vibe and then wonder why I was unleashing the Kraken every second day because I felt so stressed. So slowing down for me is a big one to the point that on the weekend, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. I was tired. My girls were busy. So I walked out to everyone and said, I'm just going to go take a nap. And I laid down for half an hour and then I got back up and I went on with my day, which was great. (laughs) I'm loving this so much. I'm dying. I wish you guys could see my face. I got like the jazz hands going because this is, this is possible for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, if you had known that that you didn't have to live in that place of overwhelm, we put so many expectations on ourselves as women. And again, you know, it loops back to this perfectionist thing that you said at the beginning, the dishes need to be done. The laundry needs to be done. Like everything needs to be done this way at this time has to be done perfectly. We attach our personal self-worth and value to all the doing things, because this is how we feel important in our lives, even though we hate it. So it's like this, you know, kind of duality. So I really love what you said that slowing down is about letting go because it is that nobody's going to die if the dishes get left in the sink. And this whole notion that women get caught in is I'm just going to get everything done faster so I can put the kids to bed so that I can have some time to myself, which then puts them staying up until 11 or 12 o'clock at night, which then perpetuates the exhaustion and the overwhelm the next day because they don't want to go to bed and give themselves what they actually need, which is rest because then they'll have no time for themselves. Yep. I had a perfect example the other day. So we, where I live, we've kind of come out of isolation and the girls are back at school and they're back at daycare. My husband and I are both back at work, back in the office. And we've only been doing it for about two weeks. And I felt after about three days, the mornings were building. They were getting really stressful. I was starting to yell. Nobody was listening. We were all running late. Everything was getting hectic. So it was, I think it was on day three and I was driving to work and I kind of thought to myself, okay, so what can I do here? How can I be responsible? What can I do so that my mornings, I don't go back into the old habits and how can I make it so that this works for me? So that evening, much to their shock, I called a family meeting, which we've never had one in our family yet, and I sat the three of them down on the couch and just said, okay, so you're all really slow to start in the morning. Like mum's up at five, they like drag their feet out of bed at seven, 7.30, quarter to eight, and I spoke about how it's not going to work. And that I need them to kind of, and again, using different words because my girls are younger, but I needed them to contribute to the start of the day and made sure my husband was very aware that he's also somebody that snoozes the alarm 20 times in the morning, but then he gets really flustered an hour later because we're all running late. So I pretty much asked each of them what they can do so that we can make our morning routine a little bit easier and that makes mummy smile and not yell and scream at everyone to get in the car And what was fascinating is both of the girls went, we could get up a bit earlier 
or we could help you pack our bags or we could make sure that our clothes are out the night before. And my husband agreed that he needs to get up earlier in the day because that's the support that I need. And it was such a different lens to look at instead of the yelling and the screaming and the running late. And what was amazing is I told a few of my girlfriends in a chat that this is what I had done so that I didn't slip into old behaviours. And most of them came back with, oh, I can't do that. My children won't listen. And I'm like, why don't you just try? And granted, two days later, my girls totally forgotten crawled out of bed at 7.30. But then I was able just to flag that conversation again and say, just remember that it's really helpful when you can help mum in the morning. And I have just such a different appreciation for that was leading with compassion for me. That was kind of leading with love, not getting angry, but taking responsibility and actually asking for what I needed, which again, eight months ago, I would not have done that. You know that I would not have done that. (laughs) My heart is like bursting because what I, what I really hear you saying is that you no longer live from a place of being a victim of your life that keeps you trapped in behaviors that don't make you feel good because nobody feels good when they've yelled at their kids all morning. It's not a good feeling. And you've really just taken responsibility for initiating the conversations and anybody can have these conversations, but what people get hung up on, like your friends, well, I could never do that. Nothing would change. Well, this is the metaphor that I now use. When you get a puppy, you bring a new dog into your house. It takes more than saying sit one time to get the dog to learn how to sit. It takes a commitment to having that, to practicing with your puppy to get it to sit, to get it to stay, to get it to come. Because if you don't stay committed to that, the dog is going to run your life and nobody wants an untrained dog. So I'm not saying your children are dogs. What I'm saying is if you are committed to living a life that has more peace and ease in it, it means you have to be committed to staying the course of having these conversations, holding the boundaries, remembering that everybody is capable and that we teach people how to treat us. And that includes our children. So if you're letting your children run all over you, you've perpetuated that. We can teach our children boundaries and we can't teach them consequences, but it's not always comfortable and it can be frustrating when you're like, I've told you to sit 400 times and you're still not sitting, but when they get it, it's so worth it. And that's what this transformational work is about. It's not about things changing overnight because I don't believe like transformation can happen that quickly, but first we have to go through the stage of awareness. And then we have to go through the stage of like implementation or embodiment where we practice and we practice and we practice fall back into old behaviors. And then we're like, wait, this doesn't feel good. And we come back to center and we practice some more until we embody it to the point where having these conversations now are not a problem for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think they were so much more receptive to it because you say, I've always been the person that was 100% attached to the outcome. So getting to that place where the morning just worked and everything was great and it doesn't happen every day. And it can be hectic mornings, it can be calm mornings, but just knowing that if I focus on what I need to do right now, which is your other phrase of what do I need to do right now to take care of myself and asking myself that question daily and sometimes multiple times throughout the day, 
when I felt my stress levels rising. And for me, it's mornings and it's evenings because, you know, you've had a big day at work and there's a lot going on with family. But just making sure that I take that breath and I have that moment of pause and say, what do I need to do? And then it's having the conversations and asking for the help and asking for the girls to help me as well because they see that. And then the interesting thing is by them stepping in and us actually working as a team, it's actually given me more space to be with them. And when I am with them, I'm not that crazy cranky mum and I don't mind sitting down and playing the Barbies, although I I do hate playing Barbies, but they enjoy it. So I do it. But the the space that I'm finding is quite staggering in slowing down because I always thought slowing down was dropping the ball, but it's such a, it's such a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Slowing down is about creating space. Like you said, letting go and bringing Mm -hmm. people into our lives instead of being a martyr and trying to carry it all. So you have changed like so profoundly. You've gone from this, like, it's just Al like barely wanting to raise your hand and ask a question and minimizing who you were, like literally like being small in so many areas of your life to now really taking such a leadership role in your family and in your, in your world, like you're showing up for you. And, you know, the thing that really caught me in the the message that you left me is that you are so proud of yourself Like you feel proud of who you are being now, proud of how you're showing up in your life and proud that you're not feeling like you're not good enough, not pretty enough or not smart enough or not all the not enoughnesses that you had, that you found your way back to yourself. I think for me now it's seeing the value. One of the biggest things that you've taught me was the power of the word and. It's so simple. Yet the duality of my personality meant that on I felt like I either need to be this career-driven, aspirational woman that is always pushing for the next thing, but then there was this other part of me that would move to an island and live totally remotely off-grid like somebody else we know, and I could never marry those worlds together and I never understood. I felt like I always had to be one or the other and what you showed me is that I can be emotional and strong and I can even hold that in the same moment, but I could never see that without doing this work, without doing the journaling, without starting to unpack. As you say, you kind of have the awakening. I had the disintegration anxiety. I had the integration moments and that's probably where I still am, still very much trying to stay in the work because I can definitely still get in the weeds and I can definitely still unravel of myself, but realizing that the superpower that you showed me is that I can feel all the feelings Mm -hmm. and I can hold all the feelings as well and that I have the capacity to do that and having an appreciation that that is something that I am able to do and that I can see the value in my body and the way it turns up for me. And now my journal, I don't think if you went back into my journal for the past six months, there's any negativity through it it's all more from the angle of okay so what can I do now to take care of myself what do I need who do I need to be to be the best version of myself okay well Al that's going to bed early tonight that's making sure your food's prepped it's really small things really subtle shifts in your day-to-day that now I exercise five to six times a week I meditate probably four times a week I eat food that is nourishing 
And the staggering thing is I haven't lost a single kilo, but I feel amazing and I feel so good in myself and I feel strong. I can feel the strength in my body. And yeah, I'm kind of proud of who I've become. And I also know that I want to stay on this path. And I want to keep progressing and to keep learning about myself because so much is unraveling in my mind. And I genuinely enjoy my own company now. That mental chatter, that person that I think in our first intensive, I burst into tears and said, I'm so tired of my own headspace. Mm -hmm. I'm so tired of the way I think about myself and going through all that journaling and working with you and all the women. And now it's a case of I have such appreciation for myself but I kind of want to keep doing the things so that I can keep being the person that I want to be or keep sort of stepping towards that slowly every day. So, yeah, a lot of changes. Yeah, now you know how to actually feel your feelings instead of numbing them out because what happens is you were feeling them, but you were trapped by them because you didn't know how to feel them. So they came out in unhealthy ways, in unhealthy behaviours. So I'm really glad to hear that. And, you know, the amazing thing about, weight loss is once you start to do this work on really loving yourself from the inside out and peeling back all these things that were getting in the way, weight loss becomes just a beautiful after effect. The longer you carry on, like you don't have to worry about whether or not it's possible for you to lose weight. It will just happen. It will just unfold for you. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is, and I probably need to correct that. When I say that I haven't lost weight, it's that number on the scale that hasn't shifted. But I've lost up to eight centimetres on all parts of my body. But this is the thing. I was so fixated on that number on a scale hasn't shifted and this is what I need it to move in order for me to be happy. But I'm in a different size clothes. I feel strong. I'm fueling my body the right way. But that number on that scale, it hasn't moved. And for me, it just validates the whole idea of your program is that it's not actually about that. And so much can shift that, you know, I haven't had lots of people coming up to me going, oh my goodness, you've lost so much weight. And for the first time in my life, I have absolutely no desire for that to happen because I know how I'm showing up every single day. And that's what's making me proud of myself. So... That's amazing. This is why, you know, the scale, we give it so much meaning and it's one piece of data and it's not one measure. It's one, like that is it. That's Mm. like, I, I don't even have a good metaphor for it, but it's just, our bodies can change so much. And we won't necessarily see it on the scale, but what's more important, the number on the scale, do you want to let that determine how you feel about yourself or do you want to choose that from the inside out? So it's really can be so simple and you're only just kind of, you know, beginning with that whole area. So it'll be really fascinating to see where it takes you. So this time when we run weight loss from within, it's going to be a little bit different because we're going to run it, like I said, at the beginning over six weeks. So instead of, so weight loss from within is designed as a 30 day journaling program with audio. So every day you get a journaling prompt and you get an audio. We did this for 30 days back to back, which is like, you're in it. And this time I've decided we need weekends off because I'm trying to allow everybody some space and I want there to be room for a pause and I want there to be room for an integration at the end of every week. So we're going to be we're going to be slowing the pace down a little bit, which 
it's still important that everybody stays, you know, with the daily prompts. And then we're going to be doing a lot more coaching Zoom calls because that is one of my favorite parts of the program is bringing this group of women together to really do hot seats and to hear everybody's experiences. And then of course, you know, we've got the Facebook group where everybody comes in and kind of shares their takeaways and ahas the things that they're, they're getting, which is also so incredibly eye-opening and nurturing, at least from my perspective, because all of a sudden you can't believe your, when you're reading somebody else's story and you sit back and go, oh my God, those are the same things I'm telling myself. And it feels horrible looking at this amazing woman that I've gotten to know saying those things about herself. How can you continue to say those things about yourself? Yeah, it's quite staggering. I I was very much stuck in that place of almost with the comparisonitis and thinking that people that were able to achieve this had some miraculous process that I just wasn't aware of or whether it be the quick fix or an easier path. But in reality, it was me not being willing to show up for myself. And as you say, I would never convey any of those emotions to anyone else, yet it was okay for me to be doing it to myself, which now I can see just how detrimental that was for my own growth. Yes. You had created a toxic environment for your body between your ears, and that was what you were sending to it every day. So no wonder you weren't thriving. Yeah, I remember the first time you actually spoke about, um, you know, being addicted to suffering and that was something that came up from one of the focus areas in Weight Loss From Within and I could initially I couldn't wrap my head around that. You know, why would anyone be addicted to this? Why would anyone be sabotaging with food or the emotional eating or all the behaviours that I was in and just starting through the course of that program, starting to unpack just what that meant and how fantastic it has been for me to be able to shift that. That's powerful. Cause I know for me, when I realized I was addicted to my suffering, I was like, Oh my God, but it was so hard to wrap my brain around. Like I have been creating this for myself. Like I have literally created all this struggle and all this suffering. And it was all I knew. And because I kept focusing on what I didn't have and what I didn't want, it just perpetuated it. And this is what happens with women around their weight. They're so focused on what they don't want. They don't like what they wish would be different, that it keeps them in that struggle. And what's worse is they believe that without that struggle, they'll never lose weight and they'll never feel good about themselves. So it's like this, this circular trap that they just can't get out of. So I'm so pleased that weight loss from within allowed you to like unhinge yourself from that and really peel back the layers to create what is shaping up to be a phenomenal Ow, jazz hands and all, wherever it's going to take in your life. And what I'm also really, really proud of is this work. When you ladies step into it, it breaks that pattern that's passed down from generation to generation. And the only way we're going to change this is if we step into responsibility for how we're showing up for our children and what we're modeling for them. And I'm all about breaking these generational patterns of addiction and suffering and struggle and really sinking into what it means to truly love ourselves from the inside out. So we're allowed to achieve all the amazing things, but our worthiness has to come from within. So is there anything that you would like to tell the listeners or a final thought or comment that you have? 
that you just you want everybody to know? I think for me when, as I say, my angle when I first came into weight loss from within was to lose weight. That was my primary objective and that's all I wanted to do. And I was looking for that missing thing that everyone always speaks about. But what I got was a total life upgrade in all areas for me and realising that that number on the scale was the least important thing to me. But I became a better mother, a better wife. I had more engaging relationships. I learned to care about myself. I've heard myself say that I'm the most important person in my life to people around me, which is mind-blowing that I had the confidence to say that and watch the look on their face of, what do I do with that information? (laughs) So I think just I can totally understand because I came from that same place that, as you say, the door is through, the gateway is through that weight loss concept, but you will get so much more. You actually learn so much about yourself and you'll dive deep within the cave with Lisa and that can be utterly terrifying at the best of times but I have evolved to a place now where I genuinely enjoy my days. I enjoy being with my girls. I enjoy going to work and it's not all roses and it's not all wonderful all the time. And I've also learned that I can do hard things. So there's just so much there for people if they're willing to kind of jump off the cliff, the bridge, whatever the concept is that you want to use, you'll just get so much more from it. So i Yes, I'm a very, very big fan. I mean, I've done it twice now and I'll probably want to jump back in for a third time because I I love just peeling back the layers. It's just such a fantastic process and program. Well, and maybe you can be in there supporting other people who are on this journey as well because I think that that's important. Community support is so, so important. So I adore you. I think you're phenomenal. I'm so grateful that you heard me on that first interview and that you came into my sphere. I can't wait for the day that we get to hug in real life because I will get to Australia. 2020, I'm going to do over in 2021. (laughs) All the amazing things that were on my calendar in 2020 are going to happen in 2021. But you know, I always trust that things unfold exactly in the perfect timing. So I appreciate you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I know that your words are going to resonate with other people listening. And uh, just Al is having a huge impact. I want you to really just receive that. Your words are going to impact people. And that's because you had the courage to show up and say that you mattered enough to do this work. So I just really want to applaud you because Stalver clamp now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm going to receive that. I would normally reflect that straight back to you and say it's all because of you that I'm here, but I know that I actually turned up and did the work and I've stayed in the work. So yes, you I would be super excited to jump back into the program when you release it. So very excited to get into that Amazing. space again. Amazing. So if you're listening to this podcast and Al's words have resonated with you, one, drop into my DMs on Instagram and share how this podcast episode impacted you or if Al said something that you really took away, I would love to hear. Number two, before you do anything else or right when you hit stop on this episode, head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WFW waitlist and get on the waitlist for weight loss from within so that you are at the front of the line when we open the doors. And I trust 
that the right bodies are going to be in the seats for this next round. And I am super, I'm super excited about it. So thanks again for coming on, Al, and sharing your story. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. You too. And we'll see you on the next episode. I always say see you on the next episode, but they don't ever actually see me. So you will hear me on the next episode. And thank you again for tuning in. Imagine falling in love with your body in only six weeks time. If you struggle to make time for yourself, you may or may not have already realized that if you can't find 30 minutes a day just for you, that's part of the problem and exactly why you need this program. Weight Loss From Within is an intensive transformational program that's for you if you're tired of wasting time and are ready to feel good about your body and make you a priority. It's a commitment to making the time daily to cultivate a deep and meaningful relationship with your body, your health, and your emotional well-being. Because as you've heard me say, things we love and value, we take care of. The doors are now open to weight loss from within. And this program will transform you into the woman who embodies self-worth, self-respect, and self-love so you can feel amazing in your body at any shape, size, or weight. Your body is your greatest gift, not your enemy. And eventually you'll realize it's never been the problem. Your body simply is reflecting the thoughts you are thinking about yourself. Now, I've worked with countless numbers of women who have radically changed their approach to weight loss and have found that losing weight can be easy by simply changing how they think and feel about themselves. So before you do anything else, head over to www. I know we don't really need to say that. Everybody knows it, but www.lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WFW live and sign up now for weight loss from within. Imagine six weeks from now, having a completely different outlook on how you think and feel about yourself. Because when you release the internal weight that you are carrying around, the stories and the beliefs and the behaviors, the external, right? Whether it's the weight loss that you want, whether it's loving yourself more, all of that follows the shifts you make on the inside. So don't waste any time. The doors are only open for a very short amount of time. And I can't wait to host you over the next six weeks. So lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WFW live and I'll see you inside the program.